0: All right, we are live! Get some coffee! Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by the amazing Tyler Jensen and Roman Community. Wow! something on my face Arr.
1: that Ooh. was an intro
0: <laughs> roman tyler thanks for coming on the show how are you guys this morning
1: fantastic i think you just woke me up that was all of that so a lot of energy well, i I'll... think i'm gonna be screaming all day long too let's do it we'll try to match this
0: yes Uh, (laughs) well yeah you guys are uh, you know drinking up the coffee yeah welcome to colorado both of you it's so good to to have you here and you have an amazing event uh we're going to be screaming or screaming probably screaming right we'll be screening uh your documentary scream queen uh my uh nightmare on elm street uh about uh you know the experience of uh you know mark Patton and and uh and that'll be screening tomorrow at the, the People's Building at uh, I believe uh, eight PM. Uh, there, I think there's a, a, some six PM pre shows going on at the at that venue. But uh, yeah, again, guys, welcome. Thank you so much. I, yeah, I can't wait to to see you in person, not
1: just online. You think <laughs> we look good? We smell even better. You got <laughs> oh, to come. Oh, good, good.
0: That that that's awesome. That's a weird, uh, you know, invitation, guys. (laughs) You'll only know if you go. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Um, So talk about the experience you in, uh, you know, four dimensions then, huh?
1: (laughs) Um, Space and time.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Roman, Tyler, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your backgrounds, and how you got into filmmaking, if you don't mind.
2: Sure. I, well, I'm an audio engineer full-time, and mm-hmm. I work on all different kinds of projects, and that's actually how I met Tyler. He's an editor.
1: Right. I We were working on a, what was it? It was a gay dating reality show. I was coming in to re-edit it. He was doing the sound for it. I overheard him talking to the producer that he was about to come to Florida to shoot the documentary that turned out to be Scream Queen, and I just heard him talk about I'm gonna make a documentary about Natron Elm Street Two and Mark Patton. And I lifted up and I showed him my Freddie tattoo. I have a little Freddie phone tattooed on my arm. I didn't say hello to this man at all. We didn't know each other. I'm just suddenly <laughs> showing him my body tattoos, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you're a nerd. Okay, we can work with this. Yeah,
2: but mm-hmm. it, it was great because at the time it was kind of random for me. It was it wasn't common to find other queer people that were into horror, you know, yeah. I mean, it was, it's been growing since then. It's pretty, it's a, it's, it's pretty popular now, but at the time it was really surprising. So I was really taken aback plus somebody that was actually working in my field because I work around predominantly straight men Same all right. the time. So this was, this was a great collision and we have just been working together ever since, you exactly. know? Yeah and that that documentary just so you know mm-hmm. was a much bigger bite than we were expecting like <laughs> I, we had no idea really what we were getting into with that like it was a, I had been talking with Mark Patton for about two a year at least about this mm-hmm. He had this idea he he had come out and he wanting to tell his story and it was you know we we're still trying to fine-tune what's the best way to present this? And the 30th yeah. anniversary of Elm Street 2 was coming up. So we thought, let's just go to this reunion and get what we can and build off of that. We had no idea what was about to happen. So,
1: and the rest <laughs> is history.
2: Had we known, I don't know if it might have been a little intimidating. So
1: it's that thing where you need like the youthful uh, arrogance to be like, yeah, I can make a movie. No one's telling me no. We're going to do it ourselves until we need help. And right. at that point, you're like, well, we can't stop now. We've put too many years of our life into this. So, yeah, it was a wonderful True. learning exercise, and I'm very proud of it.
0: It's, yeah, it's a spectacular documentary. Uh, you know, before we went online, or, yeah, we went on, uh, on air here, you know, I was mentioning, you know, what an eye-opener is. It was, uh, for me, as, you know, a white, uh, you know, straight guy, um you know kind of having that that window of what it was like to to be a gay person during the 80s you know in particularly you know being on a a film set and participating in a film like that um you know uh how long were you guys on the project i've I've seen some interviews where you know it it was as long of a process as like five years
1: Probably even longer. Like I was the last person on the project, and him and Mark had been working. I don't know how long, but I started in February of 2015, and we showed the movie for the first time in 2019. Yeah, but that's that's a normal timeframe for a documentary. People,
2: especially back then, people would always ask us, "What's taking so long?" But a documentary takes a long time. If it's happening in real time, right? right? Our documentary wasn't, We this wasn't just a, let's look back at what happened. It's also, look, let's also follow him on the road. So right. it's hard to say like, oh, the story's done. Because Mark, as you know, if you've seen this movie, he is going on a journey to confront his past in real time. So it's a little like, you know, uh, a traditional documentary mixed with a little reality TV too. So okay, right? Because we also had to let things play out as they needed to. His emotions—he's—he has a very couple of really emotional confrontations, and then even with Mm -hmm. that, he needed to sit with some of this and let it process. So, yeah, five years.
1: Yeah, in In film school, if you're making a documentary, a good documentary takes anywhere between five and seven years. So. You just have to go, you have to know that going into it. If it's a project worth doing, can I sit with it for five to seven years?
0: Yeah. It's, it's something that uh, like, you know, like I, I wouldn't think about, but you know, having, you know, like a good documentary like that, you know, that depiction, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great conversation piece. And I, I don't know too many good conversations that ever really end. Uh, so you know, it's, yeah. You know, I think idea kind of, you know, begets idea, and, yeah, you know, it, it's, it was very, uh, very nice to see, you know, Mark kind of go through this depiction in your documentary, this, this kind of journey, and, you know, it, it seems like he's, he's trying to do so, a lot of, you know, self-healing and confront some, some demons, you know, from his past, um, And again, like I said, when I went on, uh, you know, before we went live, you know, I grew up in rural town and didn't really know that, you know, any, uh, you know, gay people really going uh, growing up until after I graduated, moved away and then realized, oh, yeah, these these other individuals that, you know, they were gay and, uh, you know, they didn't feel. Yeah, and I'm projecting, but it didn't seem like they they felt safe coming out in a rural area, which is understandable because it was a very st- uh, stereotypical environment to grow on, grow up in, and uh, you know, so I, I saw that as well. Maybe they had to they felt like they had to protect themselves in that capacity, and Absolutely. I think this documentary kind of opens me up to that perspective.
2: You know, this is actually something that was very important for us when we were making this was Mm -hmm. the idea that we can reach across the aisle and we can have a conversation with you and in a way that you wouldn't normally seek out a documentary with this theme. If we didn't have Freddy Krueger, we wouldn't be able to talk to new people. And so the point of this is like you say you're projecting, but I think it's you're you're bringing empathy and we're learning to see mm. common ground where it's like, okay, I have my worldview and yeah. now I'm able to kind of like, see the correlation between me and other people. I mean, it's just a great yeah. common denominator, this Freddy Krueger theme. And I like right. what you said earlier about conversations, good conversations never really end because that's why we're yeah. back here is, yeah. to, you know, cause we came through if people that, are not familiar with the movie or have only you know heard of it. This is a making of Nightmare in Elm Street 2, but through the eyes of the main actor. So we get to hear right. about all the, the scandal that went on behind the scenes, but then you can actually start to like learn about what was the bigger picture that created this story? What was the right. landscape that basically sparked this fire? Yeah. And that was something that was, you know, as a gay man growing up. That was like always haunting me from behind the, the AIDS epidemic and mm. the stigmas and the homophobia and all that. But for somebody right. who isn't experiencing that, you wouldn't know. So, this is a great way for people to kind of, it's also helped reframe the movie because it used to be yeah. most hated of the series, <laughs> right? Let's just be right. real. People hated the gay one. Right. And now yeah. people are like, oh my God, actually there's a lot here. I'm enjoying it more than some of these silly ones that came after. So it was a it's, right. it's coming full circle.
0: Yes, yeah, so many uh, Freddy Krueger fans, you know, out there, they you know, they they're constantly going to, you know, the original, uh, you know, the original one, the first one, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, Dream Wars. You know, those those are their their top two. And yeah, it's been in the last for me, it's been in the last 15 years that uh, you know. Freddy's Revenge, you know, Part Two, has really, you know, kind of, you know, come into its, uh, its its own in terms of, uh, you know, being on on the the public, uh, uh, conversation, and and then in the last few years, you know, having that that extra glimpse into, you know, Mark Patton's experience, you know, with with your film, and then. Uh, I think, uh, with, with us, Colorado Festival of Horror, being able to talk to Mark and and stuff and see about, you know, booking him as, as a guest at some point. Um, and it's, it's always, you know, uh, really refreshing to, to see those conversations, you know, uh, come about. And sometimes they, it takes 30 or 40 years (laughs) before something really comes about, uh, uh, yeah and, and and give itself you know it, it's it's uh, it's room to uh you know find its you know fans and uh and and champions too um and i i also noticed that too you know not just with the, like the nightmare on elm street movies but with horror as a genre um you know it's it, it's one of those genres that yeah it might not find its audience right away out of the gate but you know, give it a few years. It's it's gonna find you know its its group of people. And I yeah I don't notice that as much with other genres. You know, sometimes comedies, but certainly a lot of dramas. You know, you see those dra- dramatic darlings that go through the um, film festivals, get the awards and the accolades that year, and then almost never heard of again after that. But with, with horror, for some reason, it just <clears throat> keeps building momentum, you know. And, and uh, even if it's like a really bad film, I've seen way too many C st- films that <clears throat> suddenly have an audience today, you know. Not even the B ones, but... Uh, it's
1: true. Uh, I mean, I love I love plenty of not great movies for not great yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but...
2: Yeah, this yeah. was also a, a very... Uh, interesting scenario where Mark really, I have to really hand it to Mark. He really stood up and yeah. did- he's very brave in yes. a lot of people. Um, I like to remind people that he was actually sharing his experience after being a traumatized person. Like that takes a lot of courage to say, here's everything I went through, you know, yeah. especially when you're not fully, fully done because you still have things to confront. But when you yeah. do that, then you can understand, you can see things through his eyes, so then you can yeah. have some empathy. But at the same time, you can kind of place yourself and see things that are similar. So now a lot of a lot of heterosexuals are able to watch the character of Jesse, and it isn't just a gay kid. They're like, oh, I know what it's like to be an outcast at school. I know what it's like right. to not get along with my parents or not have great friends, all these things, just to be a new yeah. kid, the, you know. So now we can actually have common ground and it's, I mean, that's now people are watching nightmare two with that lens and they're identifying with it, which is what all of those other installments were so important to us for, Mm -hmm. was that we were identifying with these characters that come out as heroes. And now Jesse gets to be the hero finally, after all these years and we get a male lead and it doesn't have to be like dismissed as Sissy, you know? Mm-hmm. because it's it you know we all need to be able to like overcome stuff in life regardless so thank you mark you gave us a great movie
0: yes yeah most definitely yeah he was essentially that uh you know that final boy you know back then when when you know so much of the landscape was you know was perceived to be like the the final girl in in slasher films and even yeah even them you yeah, know yeah, that representation, you know, sometimes I was, that could be, you know, perceived as kind of misogynistic too. You know, you had to go through all these like sexual morality tales and, and, uh, you know, trials and, and uh, yeah, it's um, I, one thing that uh, that kind of comes to mind is, you know, with the, the genre, not always being, you know, so nice to, you know, minorities, to gay and you know, lesbian people, to trans people, to women, you know, have you seen a lot of you know um, uh, progress going on, you know, throughout the, you know throughout the industry in, in, you know more recent years? Hopefully, oh, you know, with sure. a lot of creators like yourself, you know, taking taking the wheel and tell, them, Absolutely. And tell them the stories. In fact,
2: that's yeah. that tends to be the only kinds of horror I'm interested in watching these days. It's like right. listen, I'm not shunning the old stuff. I will always watch an old shitty movie. That's cool. But, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but <laughs> i right. When you're going to put on something new, I want you to show me something new, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm in, and I'm enjoying that because <laughs> I find that like there I'm not really searching for them. There's a lot there.
1: Um, they're accessible more than ever, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But also the,
2: the way that women are written, specifically mm-hmm. women, because this is the root cause of the oppression, the blanket oppression to all of us, mm-hmm. is that the misogynistic writing of women is not tolerated anymore. Yes, you can yes. still be a, a a woman in peril, but you don't need to have
1: all the silly. You don't need to wait for a man to rescue you. Right. Right. Right.
0: No, that's, yeah, yeah, that's great. These days, I'm always interested in, you know, finding stories through lenses that, you know, I'm not aware of or don't really know, you know, anything about. So, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, through my friends, you know, that are black or indigenous or gay and lesbian, it's like, yeah, I want to experience, you know, those stories through, you know, your lived experience um and you know obviously uh yeah i've seen in previous interviews like get out is is you know one of those films i saw that in the theater holy crap that was jarring for me and I, I was just like wow <laughs> yeah it, i i was like wow it was like that perception of of slavery you know going into that um the, the sunken place You know, it's like, did you have to like separate yourself? Is that a continued existence? It's like, man, I I felt, you know, so bad, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, but, but it was, it was good. It was, it was good to be confronted with like, uh, you know, uh, white privilege and those ideas. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, it keeps me more mindful as an individual.
1: I think that is the inherent beauty of the horror genre, is with different characters, you get to perceive what is the most terrifying thing to them and how that unveils itself uh, to other perspectives. Like, I love Get Out, incredible movie. I saw it three times in the theater. Every single audience screamed at the right moment, laughed almost immediately because the tension was so good. And then at the end they were uproariously clapping and cheering at the end of that movie. And like, that is the perfect fucking ride as a filmmaker. I love that movie. On top of that, the like sunken place is this great allegory of being a passenger in your own body that everyone can relate to. Like, Oh my God, I know exactly what this feels like. And it's terrifying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, um, yeah, that, Wow. Yeah, when when that was that idea was presented, you know, on screen, that physical, you know, it's like yeah, you know, depiction. It's like what a perfect depiction of something so abstract, you know, to feel in the moment. Uh, so, yeah, it's just absolutely amazing, and I love it when when film can do that and can present that mirror and that reflection on, you know, society and social ills. Uh, that that we really need to you know confront yeah you know, as as uh, a people, but really have no idea how to how to approach it, you know. Um, man, that's that's wonderful. As fans, you know, you know Roman and and Tyler, you know, what are your usual like go tos for films? You know, because we we're talking about you know crappy films and and uh, you know going back to to old movies. Uh, And obviously, Get Out is, you know, Tyler is a favorite of yours. Um, You know, what do you guys like to gravitate towards as fans? What's your entry point?
1: Well, first of all, I got to break it down. It is a Mm -hmm. quadrant of uh, unserious to devastating and then, like, high camp, low camp. Like, I love Mm -hmm. a very unserious, campy movie that I can watch with my friends, make fun of completely. And then, like, I'm having a great time. And then I'll say yeah. something super serious and dark, and I will feel terrible for many weeks after the fact. And I will love that, but I'm not watching it again.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, right. I really love anthologies. I like short
2: stories. Ooh, I work on a lot of short films, a lot, you yeah. know, because I'm, I'm not too good for them. I love them. And I, I like short story format. There's a lot mm-hmm. of really great horror in short format. Everything from yeah. like Twilight Zone to Show, you know, and we have a lot, yeah. a lot that have been coming out, Tales of Halloween or Trick or Treat. There's yeah. just, it's great. So I'm always down for that stuff. Um, I do really like fantasy horror. You know, I tend mm. to gravitate more towards surreal things like Phantasm and Dream Warriors, mm, yeah. things like that. But then again, like my, it's the same as Tyler. I guess I just find myself, it also depends on what's going on in the world around me. Because right. lately, only as of late, I'm starting to embrace a lot of these really horrific tales. For a long time, I just needed some, like, laughable or lighthearted or not so serious stuff.
1: Because we've had a lot of stuff going on politically. So, yeah, you know. I've seen the trend. I mean, with the success of Get Out, you had a right. s- slew of every, mo- every horror movie had to be super subtextual. And when mm-hmm. had to, we all had to have a really serious talk about grief and trauma. Right. I think Chip right. Lee Curtis, God bless her. If I hear trauma, I hear it in her voice. <laughs> like she owns mm. that word now, and yeah. that's great. Now every movie's about trauma. But then you see successes like uh, *Terrifier 2*. We're like, no, right. leave your door, leave your brain at the door. We're gonna give you something horrific and brutal, and you're not gonna think. You're just gonna react. And I I feel like the success of that is like okay we've had our moment to have really serious great explorations of what the horror genre can do. We also would like the funhouse ride where we can just scream and cover our eyes and giggle at how uncomfortable we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The terror fire movies are are definitely you know great uh, entry point for.
1: I have to. I, I have to mean, okay. confess that I have not seen them. I saw oh, the, okay. the first one, and I'm like, ah, girl, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much. Yeah, for well, me. It, um, I,
0: I have seen them for you, so uh, you know, I they're, I hear part two they're is
1: fantastic, and I'm excited for three. Yeah, 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 you're you're excited to hear about three, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. Like usually, I'm the friend in my friend group was like there's a new horror movie coming Mm -hmm. out we're all gonna go see it this movie i'm like i need someone else to hold my hand to bring me to that theater to sit down and watch
2: yeah
1: i'm not doing it for myself
2: also like a where you are in life has a lot to do with what you're interested in like i loved all the movies i liked when i saw them a long time ago and i love that experience but it doesn't hit the same now and It's because I'm a different person now. I've grown up a little bit. It doesn't mean that I dismiss it, but they don't – different things, you know, affect you at different stages in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially as we get older, the nostalgia trap is there for us. And I'm not Mm -hmm. above that, okay? I still love my 80s everything. But – what was going on in the world at that time that made Freddy Krueger really scary isn't necessarily what's happening today. So either Freddy right. has to change a little bit or I have to view different things. And they sometimes right. come around, you know. Slashers are coming up again. They're getting big again. People need that. Yep. But the, the motivation behind those movies has to stay current if they're going right. to be effective, you know. So. Right. The perfect storm will give you like the screams that you need yeah
0: yeah 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 that's the thing is yeah again uh, you know, so many of these uh you know films are, are perfect mirrors uh, in into the you know the 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 social and political you know atmosphere uh and they they hit you you know either at the you know the right time you know where you're at you know in your life um yeah, Brett just posted on here. Um, maybe Eli Roth will surprise us uh, this week with uh, Thanksgiving. You know, and I, I think I'm so that... excited
1: for this movie. Yeah, I saw Grindhouse in the theater twice. Right. I have that Blu-ray. I've been waiting for this movie for years. And right. I think, I think I think it'll be good.
0: Yeah, in, in, you know, you, you think back on like, you know, some of the de- depictions in uh, that theme of Thanksgiving and, and stuff, you know, talking to like, you know, some of my indigenous friends, too. They're like, I'm not going to go see this movie. You know, it's like, well, you might see a lot of, you know, white people dying in front of this. So it, it might be, uh, you know, some just desserts, you know, in okay. terms of, you know, that that sensibility and that catharsis.
1: Um, that, that's kind of the fun of. A slasher yeah. movie in a horror genre, like they are built on punishment, yeah. And a lot of these movies are very conservative, they're very like right, Lee's Reagan, like if you do drugs, you're gonna die if you have sex. You- we all know this, but yep, and in- we also get to revel in other people doing the things we want to do, and then we see, like, okay, I'm not gonna do that because that will get me killed in a movie. So, like, they're right. training us to all be final girls, being like, you should know better. That's <laughs> right. And <laughs> yeah. but also, I love movies like Serial Mom and Sleepily oh. Camp 2, where we're like, it's a very clear thing, like, don't be an asshole and you won't die. And the yeah. minute you become an asshole, I'm so sorry, but you yep. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's your yeah. fault and you should know better. I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and even even you know, with like somebody like uh, you've got the uh, you know, genre, genres of slashers, but then you've got like uh, you know, like outside artists like John Waters, whose whose perspective I always just love. It's always a breath of fresh hair, air, no matter how trashy it gets. I mean, and I cite even Pink Flamingos, you know. Yeah, that that's that's one that you know you feel like oh I gotta scrape my soul a little bit. It's like poor Divine having See, to. You know,
1: the the, eat the beautiful shit, thing so. about his work, especially in Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble, yeah. like he grew up with a really um, a great understanding of what taste and yep. uh, good taste is, so that yep. he could purposefully make it bad taste. It's not just like yeah. these are the filthiest people alive and look at how disgusting they are. These people right. think they are high glamour in their film. So like they are right. the queen of being Ooh. terrible. And they still have a regality to them that yeah, only someone who knows good taste and good manners can make bad decisions on purpose and that's why we're like oh my god it's so good.
0: i love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh that that's that's so insightful. Um you, you, essentially you know you got to know the rules to, in order to break them right and uh, and uh, you know create something new out of you know something that you know, is so established and and you know perceived to be you know posh but uh man yeah i i absolutely you know love his his films we were able to to catch him back in december um at the the soil dove here in denver he did uh, uh, his, uh his christmas uh, you know uh, spoken word tour and uh, oh man, that's it's so great and uh, delightfully raunchy.
1: So what, what a great Christmas movie. treat! Right, I've seen his show maybe like five, ten times. To- I see him all the time. That yeah. show is different every time. Every time I see it, he's constantly writing Good. and making new jokes, Good. and they're always fantastic. So go see. Yeah. Him.
0: <laughs> nice. It, and I, my understanding is he's he's working on a, a new film as well. So. So I, I can't wait to, to you know see him back behind the lens, you know, directing, because I I feel like uh, we've Did we've missed that as as a society. <laughs> we've we we don't know what we've missed until it's not being presented anymore.
1: Did you read that book, uh, Liar Mouth?
0: Uh, Elise has. I haven't had a chance yet.
1: Yeah. She, One she of the really filthiest things I've ever read. I'm reading it like on the beach. I'm reading it in airports, and I'm nice. like ashamed that people can read my thoughts of what I'm reading because I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, this is and that's disgusting good. and filthy, and I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I love it when when a piece of art can can challenge you like that and make you feel comfortable, uncomfortable, yeah, and and and. I, I feel that, uh, you know, good art, you know, doesn't mean that you enjoy it in, in the same sense that you would enjoy like a Wayne's World movie or something where it's just ha, 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 you know, just, you know, it's, it's, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's doing its job, you know. Um, films like Midsommar, uh, you know, made me feel also very uncomfortable. We we talked about, you know, Get Out and, and, and you know, and, and that. Uh, you know, The Sunken Place and, and, you know, being confronted with, like, white privilege and stuff. I mean, great films. But, you know, made me incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly successful because of that. And, and because of that, I'll, I'll go back and watch those, you know, because I need to be confronted, you know, with, uh, with those ideas. Sa- same thing with, uh, like, Scream Queen, you know. Got to be reminded of other people's existence to, to develop that, that empathy muscle. And, uh, and extend it to our, our fellow man because that is a human story and uh, and and we love Mark and we want him to, to do more and uh, yeah have a successful existence and yeah, yeah but uh, um, you know kind of getting back to you know, creating art too what other works do you guys have going on
2: so we actually have done a lot of stuff. We work on, you know, doing a feature film is not something yeah. that you just take lightly. There's a lot going on yeah. there. We have a lot of things that are that are developing, but we've done a ton of short stuff, music videos, advertising, like he's an editor, I'm a sound engineer. So we're constantly working on stuff. You just aren't seeing it in theaters, but a lot of advertising right. stuff also... Uh, You know, the pandemic hit everybody, right? And everything was flipped upside down. Right. We were still working. Um, But the thing, I had a lot of uh, personal things that happened that were just wild. And it took me a lot of time to unpack it. Stuff that I was developing into a film that we've been talking about for a while. But I needed a break, right? right? It just, I needed a little time to process stuff. To tell my own story, Scream Queen was also really um, raw for me as well. Like we went through this whole, we made the film, and then we went on tour yeah. with it. And behind mm-hmm. the scenes, we have our own whole story. It's it's a right. uh, it's a lot of emotional toll to tell a story like that for Mark, but also you know I'm a generation right behind Mark. And I was able to pick up a lot of that intergenerational trauma as a child, you know, even if right. I wasn't in the heart of the the fire, it was very, I didn't realize how much weight I was carrying. And it took me right. a minute to release the movie out in the world, step back away from it, and then have to kind of unpack my own bags too. So it, it was, it's a longer process than I even was expecting. So I needed a break and now we're we actually have a lot of stuff coming out. You were talking about,, um, you know, it's great when you can identify with other characters and films, seeing yeah. queer stories and things that are new for you. That's the era that we're in. We need to have yeah. those tales so that all people can can start to identify with each other so yeah. that we can start having, lead characters where the story isn't revolving around their identity necessarily. You know, we need to have gay mm-hmm. lead characters that just are, doesn't have yeah. to tie into this stuff. That's our end goal, right? Yeah. There's a new movie that that we have launching right now called wild eyed and wicked. It's Ooh, just cool. actually uh, premiered in one best feature, I believe in Austin. Um, it's going to be in nice. New York city yeah. next week. Um, Lead character is a queer woman and her girlfriend, and that is not what the story is about. She just is, and you deal with it. And then the rest of it is like a supernatural thriller that is quite beautiful. So I'm really excited
1: for that to come out. Oh, that sounds um, amazing. St. Drogo, which is coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, I also uh, co-edited a new drama movie Starring Billy Porter and Luke Evans, called "Our Son" with a George nice. Hill Oliver. So that'll be out, I think, next month. So
2: yeah, oh my so god. A lot of other people's stuff. We're we're out there. Our next thing is coming. My therapy is cool. done. So watch out.
1: <laughs> but the nightmare is never over.
2: <laughs> the nightmare isn't over for you. Oh yeah, well,
0: bring on your nightmares. I, I I want to you know I want to watch them. You know so man, that, that sounds great. So there's no shortage of, of, uh, you know, work. You guys are you know constantly doing, you know, stuff. And, uh, I, I find that exciting. Um, man, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what's going to go on, uh, tomorrow night, we're going to, you know, um, uh, be able to meet you in person and, uh, you know, see the film. Um, I think, uh, is, I think Andy posted that uh, they are going to screen uh, Freddy's uh, Revenge before it or something, you know, in the lobby. Well, we are,
1: right. Um, if you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2, you have an opportunity to see it before our movie. But if you don't make that, you don't necessarily have to have seen the movie to appreciate the time. I think we do a good yeah. job of giving you the basics. From what I hear, people who have seen the movie who have never seen a horror movie, they're like, oh, my God, I need to see that movie immediately but also i wasn't lost on the story it is not solely about this movie it is the launching point for something much bigger and much more personal that usually catches people off guard because obviously freddy krueger brings a very specific audience and they think that that's what the whole thing is and it's Mm -hmm. about that for sure but Right. it'll take you into a direction you're not ready for yeah and that's kind of yeah. the joy of this movie is for the first 10 minutes we give you what you want and then we take you somewhere else yeah and then people not really too. like oh my god i didn't expect to cry at a freddy krueger movie and now yeah, it yeah. Happens. and it, it gets me uh we were we premiered the movie at uh, fantastic fest in lmo and yeah. We were doing press all day, kind of like this, and I got to meet some of the uh, press people. And then, for the last like 10 minutes of the movie, I like snuck in and I found a seat. I'm sitting right next to a guy who had interviewed us earlier that day, tears running down his face. Suddenly, he's crying, and now I'm crying. And I'm like, I (laughs) have to go on stage now and talk to all these people and be like, composed (laughs) and get together. And now I have like, Oh God, am I an empath because I can feel other people's tears? I don't know. Not yeah. Not, not what the story was, but you're not ready for this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, tomorrow yeah,
1: and- tomorrow it starts at six.
2: We have a party for two hours till cool. Scream Queen goes on at eight. There'll be a little intro. We're going to do a Q and A after. If you come in late, there'll be Freddy's Revenge playing on the TV screens in the lobbies. We'll have drinks and food and merch and stuff. So I tell people it's like a party. Come come earlier. Um, yeah. I have to be honest. I was I was a little uh, insecure about coming back to show Scream Queen because we've mm. traveled everywhere. It's played everywhere. It's right. streamed everywhere. And I thought, so everybody's seen it. Why do we need to come back? And Tyler was saying, no, not everybody's seen it. All right. of the people that like were our initial targets have pretty much seen this movie. Coming right. back to Denver has been a really good experience for me because I've realized there are a lot of people, just in the last five years, there's now a lot of horror fans that are not in the queer community that are now right. open opening up to it more, and they're ready for Scream Queen. Yeah. I, I kind of just took it for granted and thought, we've had our moment, you know? And I realized the enthusiasm we've had from the people we've met just out promoting the last couple of days has really kind of floored me. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow.
1: You have a cool. great community here and they're all going to be together under one roof, screaming and laughing and crying together. Nice. Yeah. That's what we can promise you. If you come to our show tomorrow. Yeah.
0: That That's the, that's the great thing of the, uh, um, you know, the, the group, uh, you know, screening. Yeah, that's why we see them. You know, see movies in theaters. You know, we we all kind of tap into each other's uh, energy and responses from what's going on on uh, the story that's being depicted on the screen. Uh, Brett just chimed in. He's going to be seeing it for the first time tomorrow night too. So,
1: and oh then, yeah, oh, well, uh, come yeah, say hello. hello to us after the screening too. We'll have like posters yeah. and merch if you want to bring a souvenir home. And- <laughs> Sweet. You know, if you've already bought the movie and you want us to sign it, come and do it.
0: Yeah, uh, be careful what you wish for. Brett is one of those guys that uh, will bring everything and have you sit there for two and a half hours just signing and taking photos
1: with him. My Venmo app is open. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Uh, oh, uh, so, oh, um, William uh, is asking where the screening is. It, it's this, it's at the People's Building, correct?
1: Yes, it the People's Building. If I have a little flyer near me, I would give you the address. But it's in Aurora. It yeah. is the People's Building. It is. Yeah. It's called the People's Building, and it's at nine 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 five East Colfax Avenue.
0: Sweet. I appreciate that. And uh yeah, you know, we've got the 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 link to tickets uh s- uh streaming uh down below there and then at the top of the comments uh, there's a link to go get uh, you know tickets as well. Um so it, it all connects to to all all the the pertinent information. Um so I think uh actually s- Scott I think I'm coming to see you here. <laughs> I can tell you more about it in in an hour or two so we're gonna we're gonna
1: give you all the stories at the q a so this is just a little preview we think we're entertaining now (laughs) yeah wait yeah uh
0: no it'll be great guys uh you know thanks so much for uh coming on the show and and coming all the way out to to colorado and uh you know sharing you know uh, this tremendous uh documentary um I, I have a feeling that you're going to be coming back more often, you know, to share, you know, not only uh, future works or more, uh, you know, stories, but also this one, just because it, it's a story that needs to be told and retold,
2: you know. And uh, Mark needs to come visit. Yeah, you got to bring, bring Mark out him, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Do
0: you hear that, Brett? Get yeah, get your butt no. in the booking. He's he's my partner with Colorado uh, Festival of Horror, so you know he's. He's the guy Mark to talk to Well,
2: really, the park is really good to his fans and to yeah. press anyone that wants to talk to him. He is a very personable guy and he loves to travel. So hit him up. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I think, uh, I think we got Brent on the hook now. <laughs> uh, and uh, Scott says, uh, we'll see you then. So cool. Uh, Thank you. To
1: Paul. Thank you. Andy Hill for bringing us out. Yes. We
0: can't wait for the screening yeah andy's an amazing guy um he's he's always so fun to to work with and and talk to um and uh guys as as we're we're about ready to sign off i, I want to say you know thank you for being so generous with your time and, and coming on and, and chatting with us and and uh you know uh let me learn and and our audience you know learn a little bit more about what you guys do and And, uh, you know, all the amazing uh, art and and, uh, stories that you're sharing with the world.
2: Thank
1: you. It was awesome. Thank you for your kind words. Yeah.
0: Oh, I appreciate it.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry? And for your platform.
0: Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I I come decked out. (laughs) Uh, I got a lot of buildings
1: in my closet, too.
0: (laughs) excellent. Excellent. (laughs) uh cool and uh so uh, just as we're uh you know starting to chime down i want to say thanks to our uh yeah sponsors to uh mutiny information cafe if you're starting a revolution make sure you're caffeinated and of course uh our friends at uh hellfire entertainment uh if you're you know for uh, rebroadcasting us on your social media groovy tv and uh to um Alien Donut Films, Angela Joseph Productions. Uh, Thanks uh, so much for, uh, you know, Bill and Angela, respectfully. And of course, uh, our producers, uh, Lily Fisher, Amanda Armstrong, and Stefan Santa Cruz. Thanks so much, guys. To everybody that that tuned out, or tuned in, tuned out, uh, make sure you go uh, get your tickets right after this broadcast. We will see you tomorrow night. Come meet Roman, meet Tyler, say hi to Andy. Uh, He'll be there. And uh, yeah, see see this amazing film. Highly recommend it. It will bring you to tears, but any good human story should. uh, Brought me to tears. And uh, yeah, for everybody out there that tuned in, thanks so much. Be good. Be kind. Help each other out during tough times. And we will catch you next time. Stay spooky, everybody. Have a good afternoon.